And we are live. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Sheepkiss Sheared Podcast, where we talk about people, politics, and popular culture. I'm your host, Austin Creed. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the show. So today we're going to talk about more along the lines of people today. Maybe a little bit of politics. Just a little bit. Today we're mainly going to be talking about two topics. Two topics that I would refer to as power and prowess. Now, the sub-topics that these would include, we're going to talk about the laws of power and how they work with human dynamics. We're going to talk about how power operates in human relationships. And then we're going to talk about physical fitness, which is prowess, like strength, agility, athleticism. We're going to tie everything in because I believe there to be a very exact correlation to be found here. So... Strap yourself in, you're in for an amazing show. Alright, we are back. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the show. So before we get started, if you're new to the show, I want to welcome you. We put out new. We put here at the Sheep Kishira podcast. We put out new episodes every single day. You could find them pretty much wherever podcasts can be found. Um, if you, I ask a lot of questions during the show. If you, if you want to participate, I invite you to participate by finding me on Twitter at Austin Creed or at Aussie Creed A U Z Z I E C R E E D all one word. You can find me there. You can ask any questions, answer any questions that I have and pose during the show. You can interact with other people in the community here at the Sheepkiss Sheer Podcast. But enough grifting. Let's get into the first topic. So the first topic I wanted to talk about today comes down to the laws of power and how they interact and how they touch on different aspects of human relationships. Now. For those of you who have read The 48 Laws of Power by Robert Greene, fantastic book, by the way. If you want a good summer read to kick off your summer, this is the book for you, especially if you want to understand some of the more Machiavellian ideas of human relationships. Now, I'm going to tell you all a little story real quick before we get into the philosophy and the psychology and the sociology, we're going to talk about me and my story, and I'll tie it in a little bit here. Now, I know some of you probably in the back of your mind are going to say, he's going to, he's going to do, he's going to talk about himself. You what? Yeah, I'm going to talk about, yeah, of course I'll talk about myself a little bit. So here's what we're going to do. I'm going to tell you a little story. So this lot, I'm a college guy, ex Air Force college guy. So, I talked to my philosophy professor one day. We were talking about the philosophy of human relationships and the meaning of life. And he came to me and he said, Austin, why do you believe that human relationships are all based off of power? And I, and I answered the question. I told him, sir, I believe especially romantic relationships, but everything comes down to a power dynamic. Whether it's 
very in-your-face and obvious, or whether it's more under-the-surface and not super apparent. It doesn't always have to be hostile by nature, no, not at all. In fact, most of the time it probably isn't. However, there's still an underlying power dynamic that's present in the situation. And he looked at me and he said, You know, you have a very sad way of living. I think that's very depressing. And he just continued to move on with the lecture. And I sat there and I thought to myself, That is an emotional response. He's not saying I'm wrong. He's saying he doesn't like what I said. Now, that in and of itself is a power game. For those of you who know what I'm talking about, that in and of itself is a power game. By, instead of actually acknowledging what I said, he just skirted around it by saying he didn't like it. And we don't play that around here. We don't we don't play that. I don't like that. That's not satisfactory in my book. Now for those of you who don't like to address things straight ahead, you know, straight on, and instead of being confrontational, you'd rather have the attitude of Or whether you have the another attitude, maybe you're more docile, maybe you don't like confrontation in general and you're not going to hate on somebody or You'll more just say, you know what, let bygones be bygones. I'd rather take this approach. Carry on. Regardless, the what I say still stands. Now, let's get into these. They might say, Austin, look, I get it. But what are these laws of power? Why does this matter? Well, I'll read you some. Now, if you want to get the full list, I recommend you go find Robert Greene's book. No, I'm not sponsored by him or anything like that. I just think it's very relevant to understanding human psychology, to understand the world in which we live and what you'll see in your everyday job, what you'll see in your everyday interactions with people. Some of these laws of power will really get you to question, wait a minute, there is so many different dimensions to my life and I didn't even see it happening to me. Because too, too many people in this life have the same attitude, uh, have this attitude. Carry on. They just kind of go through it. They drift. They're drifters in plain English. Now, here's some... You're all ready for this? I, I know you're thirsting for it. Y'all are just thirsting for me to give you some of these. For those of you who have never read the book, you want to get some information for free. I don't blame you. Y'all ready for this? All right, here it is. The 40 some of the here are some of the 48 laws of power. Number 1. Never outshine the master. Now, what do I mean by that? Well, here's what it says. It says, "Always make those above you feel comfortable in their superiority. Hide the extent of your talents as your masters may otherwise feel insecure." Now, let me ask you something, what, whether it's you're in high school and you're in a group project or whether you're in the corporate setting and you're talking about your supervisor or your boss or whether it's you own your own business and you're play, playing ball 
trying to get contracts with other people? Let me ask you something. Have you ever felt in the situation or even believed in a situation that you were, whether it's intellectually superior, whether it's financially superior, whatever it may be, do you ever feel that you outshined the person that you were trying to convince to help you or for permission and you felt like you had to kiss their behind to get them to do what you wanted to do? And you were so tempted, you were so tempted to say, you know what, I'm about to expose you and show how much of a bozo you are and how I'm better than you. Well, guess what? When you do that, you are losing out on potential power. Because you are threat you are not enabling their superiority by making them feel comfortable in being better than you. And so you could take advantage of that. I want you to ponder on that as I read the next one. The next one might rub a couple of you the wrong way, but I'm going to read it anyway. Law number two. Never put too much trust in your friends. Instead, learn how to use your enemies. Now, some of you are probably like, well, my friends would never betray me. My friends would never do any of that. It's my enemies who I need to fear. Well, I'm going to challenge you. Here's what, here's what he had to say. Here's what Robert Greene says. He said, Friends are more likely to betray you in haste as they are more prone to envy. However, if you hire a former enemy, they will prove themselves more trustworthy as they have more to prove to you. Consequently, you have more to fear from your friends than from your enemies. Now, I want you to pause right there for one second. Let me ask you a question. Who do you trust and why in your life? Why do you trust them? Is it just because they've been around you for a period of time? Is it because they've bailed you out of tough situations? Why? Why do you trust people in your life who you trust? And what would cause, what would they have to do to lose your trust? Now, I know some of you who read, who heard what I just read, your first reaction was wrong. That was your first reaction of there's no way that can be true. I firmly reject that. But hold, hold, hold on. Hold on. I want you to pause on that. Just because it goes against what you want to believe to be true should cause you to question it even more because most likely you are checking potential information at the door and you are missing out. Let me ask you something. The people who you don't like in your life, aka your enemies in your life, you probably give them more scrutiny than you give your friends, right? Of course, everybody does that. So would it then not make sense for you to use your enemies to your advantage let me ask you another question have any of your friends in your life when you started to win did they suddenly turn from being really supportive to a little envious of you maybe hating on you just a little bit throwing you some casual shade being having a little male jealousy female jealousy whoever you might be out there listening to the show you ever experienced that you're not alone. In fact, it's quite common. 
which is exactly why Robert Greene wrote about it in his book. It's very common. In fact, I would argue that it's... People don't want their friends to outdo them because it makes them look bad, which is sick and twisted, and you would think should never exist, but it does. Now, here's one that is very apparent in modern culture. Law number five. So much depends on reputation. Guard it with your life. Let me ask you something. What happens when the public opinion of you goes south? Your first reaction is likely... Yeah. Because guess what? You know that you're, you are now tarnished. And I'm not talking Elden Ring tarnished. I'm talking your reputation's tarnished and nobody's going to respect you. I'll read you what Robert Greene said. He said, your reputation is the cornerstone of your power. You can use it to intimidate and win. But if it becomes tarnished, you open yourself up to being vulnerable to attacks. Make your reputation impenetrable and predict attacks before they occur. A solid reputation can double your strength and distract potential opponents from discovering what you are really like. I want you, I'm going to challenge you right now, USU listening to this show. I'm going to challenge you. Picture in your head people who you envision to have a reputation that you respect. Each one of you probably has a person in either in your respective field or somebody in politics or somebody maybe in your personal life, whoever it may be, who has carefully curated this reputation uh, that has conjured your respect. And because of that, they hold influence, aka power, over you, your actions, your thoughts, how you orchestrate your life, right? Now, maybe it's direct, maybe it's a little more indirect. The principle does not change. Power is power, my friends. Now, you may say information is power, knowledge is power. All of that is true. However, you need to realize that your reputation is important. And it's something that you need to never lose, especially around the audience and people that you want to respect you. Now, not everybody is going to respect you. Let's throw that out the window right away. That, that is gone. I hate to tell you this, but not everybody is going to respect you. Yeah, I'm sorry. I, I know. I hate to tell you that. But you're never going to be loved by everybody. It's just not going to happen. So what you need to do is you need to realize who you want to respect you. And you need to cultivate and curate your reputation accordingly. That is what will give you power. The power over your reputation. Over you. Your image. And part of that image is your physical appearance as well as your per personal actions. Everything 
is a single slice of the overall pie that is you. Now, if you're a young person like me and you want people to respect you despite the fact that you're young, despite the fact that you don't have a record. See, that's the, that's what it all comes back to is if you have a proven record, people will respect you. But if you don't have that, you need to find a way to curate one to make it possible, which leads to law number six, court attention at all costs. Now, the example he brings up in his book is P.T. Barnum. For those of you who don't know who P.T. Barnum was, he's pretty much the godfather of the modern day circus industry. He was infamous because he was always in the press. Most of it was negative, but guess what? In the words of Will Smith, they had his name in their mouth. They were not afraid. He did not fear people slandering him. He didn't fear them talking crap. He didn't fear them getting in his personal business. Because guess what? He knew what I know, what every successful person knows, is all news is good news. Now, you may be saying, you may be saying <clears throat> well, Austin, how in the world could that be true? What if someone's coming at me saying that I'm a Nazi or that I'm a bum or that I'm a sellout or that I'm whatever? You know what you need to say to them? Here's the attitude you should be having towards them thinking that they got you. Because so guess what? I'll tell you something. Let's say you're a fellow content creator or you're a perspective content creator and you want to get into the space and you want to create content and you really want to get your voice out there. But in the back, back, back of your brain, you think to yourself, but what if they don't like what I'm saying? But, 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 but what if I, what if they just don't resonate with what I'm saying? Or what if I say it wrong? Or I, I, I don't know. I don't know if I could face that kind of rejection. Here's what all your competition is saying to you. Because guess what? You are crippling yourself. You should never fear. In fact, you should court attention at every turn. Because whether it's amazing and they're pumping you up, or whether they're trying to throw your name in the mud, it does not matter. Because the people who will support you will support you, and the people who don't, won't. And you're going to throw your life away and all of your power away by chasing... <clears throat> sorry... You're going to lose all your power chasing the opinions of other people who will never, under any circumstances, stick up for you, go to bat for you, or consume your content, or, or anything else. You're wasting your time. That is why all news is good news, because the people who will support you will support you, and the people who won't, won't. End of story. That is the way it works. Now, I'm not going to give away Robert Greene's entire book. So we're going to go on to another man who's a big proponent of power and has some amazing quotes. You may have heard of him. His name is Niccolo Machiavelli. He wrote The Prince, another good book. Italian guy. Very big in the political spectrum. Here's some of the things he said about power that are very interesting. He said, it is better to be loved than to be feared. Now, he said, 
if you can be loved, be loved. But if you cannot, if you have to choose between love and fear, you should be feared. So many people in society will focus on, I want everybody and their grandma to love me. I want them to love my message. I want them to love my content. I want them to love who I am. Well, guess what? That's a great idea. That's a great ideal you're trying to present. However, guess what? Not everybody is going to be there. And not everybody is going to subscribe to that. I hate to tell you. I wish I could tell you. Hey, just be yourself and everybody's going to love it. Well, guess what? Whoever tells you that is fucking lying to you. Yes, you heard me right. They're fucking lying to you. Because it's not true. There are conflicting ideals out there, and there are some people who, no matter what you say, no matter what you do, no matter how many times, different ways you say it, they're going to say, oh, I hate him, or I hate his content, or I hate the way he says things, and this is the attitude you need to have right back to him. Hey, I hate you too, bitch. No, 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 I'm just kidding. Can you imagine? That's what you got to do. Now, you don't have to say it to the face. You can if you want. But I'm telling you, you need to not give a damn what people are saying about you. You need to not care what they're thinking about you. Because that inspires fear in people when you become untouchable. When they can't get to you. And that's just the way it goes. Now, here's another thing. Here are a couple other quotes he said. He is quoted as saying, There is no avoiding war. It can only be postponed to the advantage of others. Now that, that is what happens when people preserve peace for the sake of peace. Instead of just dealing with the conflicts in front of them. They, they kick the can down the road thinking that if, oh, if I don't look at it, well, then nothing's going to happen. I'm going to be, uh, gonna get, I'm going to be playing Monopoly and get the get out of jail free card. No, 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 no. It's all wrong. The more you try to avoid conflict, the more you try to get out of jail free, the more you try to circumnavigate the natural laws of the universe, this is before long, this is what you're going to end up as. Every time you try to get past it, it's only going to be a boomerang that's going to come back and you're going to reap the whirlwind and it's going to be much worse, my friends. Which goes into the next quote of him. He says, before all else, be armed. No, he doesn't necessarily just mean physically, he means mentally as well. If you're not prepared, if you're not ready, if you, ha if you do not have the capacity to take on all incoming threats, be they physical, psychological, spiritual, financial, whatever, then you are going to pay the price. That's the way it goes. And he also goes a step further when he goes to being love and feared. He says, it is better to be feared than loved if you cannot have both. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. We just touched on that. 100% true. Here's the next thing he said. He said, when it, okay, for the, before I give this quote, I want to preface this. Let me ask you something. When you deal with people who are going to exploit you, who are going to come at you, do you think that showing them mercy is going to be a benefit to you? Nope. Do you think that Giving them a second chance will always benefit you? Nope. Do you think being merciful is going to always help you? Nope. 
Yeah, no, no, it won't. In fact, it ties in right here. He said, if an injury has been done to a man, it should be so severe that his vengeance need not be feared. That's heavy, isn't it? No, he's not saying that you should injure people. But what he's saying is, if it comes to that, you need to make for damn sure he's not going to come back and hurt, and hurt you even worse in the vengeance that you'll be facing. That's what you need to make sure of. Now you may be saying, Austin, this is this is all well and good. This is this is this is great. This is great. But um, how does this play into my normal life? How does this play into everyday interactions, my corporate job, all that good stuff? Well, that's a good question. That's a very fair question. Well, it just so happens. That human dynamics and leadership and team bonding and all these things are very pivotal in the corporate setting. For those of you who are 9 to 5 workers out there, you know what I'm talking about. According to Forbes, they say that every company has the potential to improve engagement and productivity by leveraging the science of human dynamics. Which is the laws of power we were just talking about. But they won't say that because then that gives you... That kind of might rub you the wrong way. Now, don't forget what I said. Everything can be boiled down to power. Now, that doesn't mean it should, but that means it can, if you want to put it in its rawest form. Now, I'm going to quote Albert Einstein and kind of tie back into the show that we did yesterday. For those of you who didn't listen to the energy show, you should go ahead. It'll give you proper context to what I'm about to say. However, here's what Albert Einstein said. He said, everything is energy, and that's all there is to it. In Forbes, they say, leaders who engage this phenomenon, aka energy is everything, can create a competitive edge for their company by leveraging the science of human interactions, human dynamics, defined as the forces that stimulate growth, development, and change. In plain English, that basically means that you want to make sure that you do not fall victim to the power ploys of others. If you fall victim to the power ploys of other people, then you are losing. And <laughs> nobody wants to lose. Look, and they admit it right here in, the, in this article. They say, smart leaders can turn the tide by developing three important levers. Here it is. Ready for this? Connection. Direction and power, like we just talked about. Power. Now, like I said, every human interaction can be boiled down to a power dynamic. Now, you may ask, is that healthy? Well, that's an entirely different discussion. That's not what we're talking about. If you want to bring up healthy, well, then that's a different discussion. But if you want to talk about reality, well, then you're in the right place. Morality can be very subjective or objective depending on who you are and what you believe. However, I don't need to believe anything when it, subjective when it comes to the objective reality of prowess. We were talking about power. Now we're going to tie in the prowess. Now prowess is more referring to strength, athletic ability, and etc. Now let me ask you. How many people in the world or your country, wherever you're listening to the show from... What do you think is the obesity and overweight rate in your country or even in the world? What do you think the overweight 
what do you think the popular what percent of the population is overweight now i know as soon as i talk about weight or i talk about something that relates to health a lot of people will automatically check out and i'll be sounding like the teacher from fearless bueller's day off I get it, but to me, it doesn't makes no difference. We're going to talk about this. Now, for those of you who have come up with your answers, here is what the WHO says. They say the worldwide obesity rate has nearly tripled since 1975. They say in 2016, more than 1.9 billion adults, 18 and over, were overweight with, six, with 650 million being obese. And of course, they point out that obesity is preventable. Well, of course it is. Because you need to demonstrate power over yourself by practicing restraint, by practicing discipline, by curating proper habits. You can't just pretend like, oh, well, if I ignore this, it's going to go away. No, it's not. I don't say this to fat shame you. I don't say this to make you feel bad. I don't say this to make you feel inadequate. That's not my intention. My intention is to help you live a powerful life full of good fortune and longevity, of which is difficult to have if you have all the health complications that come with being overweight and obese. That is what I'm saying. Now, you could argue, well, Austin, I like big women, or, oh, I don't care about my weight. It's just part of my personality. Okay. Okay. If that's what you want, you could go ahead and do that. However, you're leaving opportunity knocking at your door. And eventually, it's going to stop knocking. And I hate to tell you that, but it's the truth. Prowess isn't just as important as power as it is merely an extension of power in your own personal experience. It's going to be hard for people to respect you, for you to exercise power over them, if your reputation, make no mistake about it, your reputation is affected by your physical appearance. And your physical appearance can hold a lot of weight, no pun intended. Now... My friends, everything we've talked about today all ties in to the same bottom line of if you want power in your life, you need to sacrifice what you're currently doing to get what you want to actually have. If you're overweight, lose the weight in a healthy way. If you want more power in your life, you need to realize where you are forfeiting the power to others and take it back because you can Make no mistake about it. It's not gone forever. There are very direct applicable actions you can take right now in your everyday life. But if you don't do it, well then don't come crying to me. Don't don't sit there and say you're powerless. No, you are not powerless. You're choosing to be powerless. You can be whatever you want. It just takes clear determination and direction to do it. Well, my friends, that is that is the show for today. If you want to answer any questions I posed during the show, like I said, you could find me on Twitter uh, at Austin Creator at Aussie Creator. If you have any comments, concerns, criticisms, 
hate, love, whatever you want. You'll find it. You can voice it all there on the Twitter page. You'll find a link to the Mothership website of which you can donate to the show. You can follow the show. You can interact with me. I would. I look forward to it. If any of you have any comments, concerns, or anything, you can voice it all there. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, this is the Sheep Get Sheared Podcast. God bless you. God bless your family. And God bless America. We, we're out of here. Have a great rest of your day.